Oh my god. Welcome to Mavs Party. It's about 11.30 on Monday night, November 7th. Thank you so much for joining me after that preposterous Dallas Mavericks game where they held off the new, well, I guess they're the Brooklyn Nets now, 96-94. to Luka recorded his ninth straight game to start the year of 30-plus points. All sorts of weird shit happened. Josh Green probably played the best game that he's actually played in a meaningful way. Uh, perfect 5 of 5 from the field, made some really fun defensive plays. All sorts of stuff to talk about. Um, not even really sure where to begin. So let's sort of hop right to it. If you're, if you're joining me on the podcast a day later, uh, you'll have already heard Josh Bowe and Matthew Phillips talking about this game. I asked for them to record this one mainly because it is too early in the season for me to be staying up till 3 in the morning doing all this nonsense. Oh, folks. So you guys know the drill here. We already got some good people uh, having stepped in here to uh, ask to come up on stage. You know the drill. Listen for your name. Uh, Look for the green ring around your uh, icon to be lighting up to make sure your audio is picking up. And let's uh, move through some folks. We have an absolute fan favorite waiting in the rafters. I'm going to give folks a few minutes to, uh, to join the room and then we can let our 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 friend uh, Akiva chat, but first we're going to lead off the bat with Brett. How you doing, Brett? What's going on tonight, friend? Hey, Kurt. Well, I, I'll, I'll let other people talk about you know the the Josh Green related. Things. No, no, no. We should all talk about the Josh Green thing. It's fine. It's fun. He's not well, going to have perfect five of five oh, games all the time. We should have I a mean, great time I, with it. I mean, I, I think that this whole season, like, like I, I was, I've always been skeptical about him. I. I, I mean, I, I hoped that he would be, you know, a competent NBA player, but like a game like this is genuinely something I don't think I ever had at any point in his career thought that, that he was capable of. Which, so which thing is the most surprising for you? I've got about three things. Uh, like the drive where he drove yeah. from like the, like pump fake on a three, drove, drove and then finished reverse layup. Like that was something that like, like, like something's like, you know, open dunk, like, or like hitting a three, you know, you can get lucky and hit, hit a few threes. That's a but, big but that point, layup right? was was something that he would have passed out of that every single game last year. It, it, it's an adult basketball player move that results in everything else that comes for him. Because if he's a threat to drive, then he's a threat to shoot. And it, it causes sort of a cascade of, of optionality for the Mavericks. Because let's just be honest, when he's been on the floor in years past, not this season, but the previous seasons, teams have left him alone they don't really care we're gonna allow josh green to do these things and if he's a threat to to drive at the rim with that much force it causes a lot of other good things to happen and that and also i, th- I think josh bow said this on twitter but i was around the same time in the game when he was setting like screen after screen for luca like there are moments when you feel like a team finds something and that felt like the mavs you know found something with him and well, it's interesting. So obviously, you know, we all know by now Tim Hardaway Jr. went down with what looked like a groin injury, but ends up being a hip injury. I would not be surprised if he misses some time. And so there's going to be a lot of calls. There already is a lot of calls for for Josh Green to start. He obviously played the final eight minutes of the game, which I think is pretty important. But what he all, you know, what that does in the rotation, Tim Hardaway is being injured. It it frankly frees up some minutes that are without you know, question, because uh, we, we, the Mavericks need people to soak up minutes. And we're going to be able to see, you know, if, if Tim Hardaway Jr. Is, is going to miss any time, then I think we can probably book 
uh, Josh Green for a solid 20 to 23 minutes a night for however many games that Tim Hardaway's out. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I'm sure they'll, now that Frank is in theory back and healthy again, he'll probably take up some of those minutes, at least initially. Yeah, we, I don't, I don't want to see Frank. But I don't want, I mean, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to see, I don't want to see, uh, the, Argentinian fellow. I'm forgetting. Oh, Faku, Faku, we haven't. Faku. We've not seen we Faku. That's a good point. We, we've like miraculously not seen him like at all. Yeah. Other than like the first game. But um, but the, the other thing is that like like from Luca in this game, Luca obviously obviously always shows frustration to the refs. Like that's that's who he is. Yep, but yep. his frustration with his teammates was. I don't think I've ever seen a game where I've felt like he's been he's showed that much visible frustration with his teammates. Like obviously you have at the beginning where he's he's frustrated with with JaVale. JaVale gets subbed out and then does yep. not return. But throughout the game, there were moments where he was clearly like unhappy, um, even with smaller things. Like obviously, like, you know, it's 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 you know reasonable when when Dorian throws that pass that get that's a turnover that's like such a stupid pass. Like like that's that's you know a reasonable time to be frustrated. But he was like repeatedly frustrated with his teammates throughout the game, and that's something that I mean, I just wonder what you think about about about. Well, I'll say that I'm glad it worked out to the Mavericks' benefit because that's the sort of thing where you can kind of lose people at moments. And these guys have played together long enough to where I think these sort of moments of like open bickering are probably acceptable to a degree. Um, the McGee thing was hilarious. Like we've been on this podcast for five minutes. I can say this right now. Like JaVale McGee playing is a war crime. I'm tired of seeing it. It, It's, he is a, he doesn't do the things that help. Like, you know, he got hung out to dry by Spencer Dinwiddie to throw that, uh, the, the opening oop, but then he throws that pass to Luca where it's just like, dude, what are you doing? It's the Andre Jordan shit. Like I'm, we're all tired of this stuff and playing hard fixes so much, which is where in a regular season game, Dwight Powell and Josh Green are the difference makers in such a small, in a game where it's like mainly decided by basically who wants it more. I'm not sure if that's going to gonna work in a playoff game, but I don't care right now. I want the Mavericks to win as many games as possible and figure that sort of stuff out along the line. So if Luka's going to get a little bit pissy, I'm okay with it. Here's why. Nine straight 30-point games, and the Mavericks have won a single blowout. Yeah, I mean... A single blowout. That's not great for the long term. They need to be kicking the shit out of teams. Oh, I'm not. Sa- I'm not saying that. That I feel like that's a negative from Luca. Like I, that was not like. Oh, I think he shouldn't be doing that. Like it's there a good were- question though. I, I like, like the. I like you brought it up. But, like 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 you know the the frustration with the refs and they're not running back on defense sometimes. Like I'm obviously a massive Luca. You know Luca guy. But and, and so and so that stuff is frustrating to sure. see. And, and and like some of the defensive lapses are frustrating, but that was something where I just thought like the dynamic was different, and that it felt like I've not you know, seen him he, do it before. The, yeah, I mean like like I just haven't seen that. Like obviously there's like moments or where he you know talks to, talks to guys, you know talks with a guy after a play, but yeah, but, but that level of like clear frustration. I mean, and it wasn't a game where they were getting blown out. It wasn't like oh we're playing so terribly that it's all it's really embarrassing, right? But, right. But but so I just thought that that, that 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 dynamic was different, and so I'm just I'm just curious to see if that continues or if... probably a one off. Like this was a game where Luca started out pretty poorly, if we're being quite candid, and then picked it up. I mean, it looked like he wasn't going to score 30 points, or he wasn't going to finish the first quarter with double digits, and then he ended up with 13 because he went to the free throw line six times. So. You know, Luca's Luca's Luca. So it's a really it's a it's a great win. I'm glad we're talking about a win 
you know, they're up by 10 and things got a little funky down the stretch because the Nets finally hit some corner threes. And I'm glad the Mavericks held on is what I'll say, because this would have been a hilarious room if the Mavericks would have lost. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, and I, and I agree about JaVale McGee. Um, unless there's some kind of contractual thing that we are unav- we as fans are unaware of. Well, what? no, the contractual thing is Jason Kidd wanted him. So this is a stubbornness thing. Yeah, I mean, like... This is a pure stubbornness thing. I would, like, if JaVale McGee starts another game that isn't either out of, like, injury to other centers or, like, they're playing Jokic or Embiid, mm-hmm. who are, like, probably the only guys that you'd ever want to see him start against. Like, if if Luka leaves in, you know, in, like, a couple years, <laughs> th- that will be the moment that I will look back at. That, that you're like, are you are you serious? It's it's not it's not that he's – I mean, it's not that JaVale is, is like – is like kind of bad. The like, energy he, is awful when he plays. Like, like the vibes are horrible, yeah. just horrific. Like, like it has. I mean, like parts of it is like the, the actual basketball things he does, but like the team just does not want to play when he's in, and they do want to play. I don't get it. It's a. It's 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 like it's purely vibes. Well, thank you for getting us started, Bob. Thanks. All right, coming up next, uh, we're gonna give Akiva just a second here because. I'm getting all of you guys being grumpy in the chat. I, I look, look, this is a, a after show where we're all feeling a little sassy. We're going to see how things are going. I'm going to let my man Drew come up next. I know he's East Coast based too. What's up, friend? Hey, Kirk. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I've, I've been traveling, so I haven't been on quite, uh, quite so much. It's a uh, long year. We got, we got eighty. We yeah, got, it, we got a hundred more of these. <laughs> we do. It's. I just got made like kind of maybe three points. Uh, you know, one thing about Luca, Luca's a savant and he's just a tremendously amazing talent. But let's not forget he's 23 years old and he really doesn't have the maturity that I think he's going to develop. And I wanted to point this out a couple of the games back, like the OKC game at the end there, where he ends up getting three point shots five feet behind the line, you know, with the game on the line and everything like that. And I think in two or three years, you will not see Luca doing that. Luca's going to be taking the ball down to the paint and, and these crunch time things and, and, and imposing his will, you Which know, he's been uh, doing for most of the game for most of the season. Like there was a comparison of the kind of shots he's taking. I wish I had saved this. My he's doing that more this year, but at crunch time, he does not need to be taking three pointers at crunch time. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, that's I the time that. to go in there and, and they go into prevent. Will. They go into like wildly yeah. annoying prevent the uh, offense in the fourth quarter. It, it it is you know, and this was a really strange game. I don't think I've ever seen the amount of offensive fouls that I saw this game, and it wasn't just one team, both teams. No, there's a lot of like. Uh, I mean, my it's the sort of thing with screens as the season goes along that they frankly stop calling, where it's like these these <laughs> up high elbow screens, kinda. Where it's like once it's in the playoffs, nobody calls that stuff. But like Christian Wood got called for one because KD flopped. And it was just like that. That's you know, I get why they yeah. called it a foul, but I couldn't believe they called it a foul. You know, yeah. And you know, you know, I gotta talk about my my, my, sure. my boy, yeah, Please Josh do. Green. I, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, you know, the thing I like about him is the kid's a hard worker, and he's gonna come. He's athletic, and 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 he's learning. You know, and that and and. You know, I say it all the time, and I know people kind of get tired of me saying it and everything like that, but nobody else seems to say it. 
he is just now, he's the same age that Desmond Bain was when he was a rookie. He is, was so young when he came in and so unprepared for this that we just had to be patient. And really, like I said, a lot of guys are his, he's the age of a lot of guys that were rookies now that, that, that came in doing really well. And I just sometimes think we lose sight of that. And, and now let's judge him on this year. Compare when this year's done, compare his year this year to Desmond Bay's rookie year. Uh, and Desmond, I think that- Desmond Bain's rookie year will still be better. I don't want to compare them. Desmond Bain is currently shooting 25, five and five. <laughs> that's the, like, like he's that's, a, he's a borderline all-star. It's not fair. Okay. To well, no, I'm talking about Desmond Bain's rookie year. Yeah. He was amazing. He was not Desmond Bain's Desmond rookie Bain year. Desmond Bain was amazing his rookie year. He was averaging he was averaging fourteen points a game, something yes. like that. He had a, That's he right. had a good fourteen week. is amazing. Seventy five percent of NBA players score less than ten points a game. I understand that, but if it, to be fair to Josh Green, we got to judge that year against him because he's the same age right now. Uh, Desmond Bain is two and a half years older than Josh Green. So in three years, let's judge Josh in three years on what Desmond Bain's doing there. And I still think Desmond Bain's probably going to be a better player in three years from now. But I think I think Josh Green's going to be a damn good player in three years. Well, they found a nice little role for him here. And the consistency of minutes is something that I think is very nice to see. Because it's hard for a guy to get comfortable if he's playing, you know, six minutes. Like the, the fact that he closed the game exactly. is nice. The, the clo- I don't expect him to close every game because I think like but the, the Reggie he, Bullock's going to get his shit together. He's just a vet. Um, I, but it, it's I understand nice that, see. but he, he deserves these meaningful minutes because like, I think he's, I love to see him playing with Luca because he does a lot of little things to help Luca out. Like that one time when Luca missed that shot and he got that offensive rebound and kicked it out and they got the second chance sure. and like that. He does a lot of things to help Luca out. Well, and, he, and he forces—he you know, sort of forces the Mavericks to move around a little bit because mm-hmm. the, the aforementioned point about Luca and the three-point shooting, kind of like the let's just drain it down and then take this tough shot. Like Green, sort of like zip zapping around and setting screens and stuff. Like Josh Bow pointed this out, where he'd like to see Green as the role man with Luca. Um, yes, and and I would like to see that too. I. I, I I don't have many complaints about Luca because Luca's obviously a friggin' superstar. But I wish they would he would use the screen and roll opportunities in moments like this for more than just mismatch hunting. Like run a play, run, do something. You know, I, I get that the Luca ISO is pretty pretty valuable, but every now and again, let's run a little more offense. And, and well, being involved in, in the role man sounds nice. In fairness to him, the role people have kind of let him down a little bit this year. I mean, he's yeah. he's, he's he's done that and made great passes to them, and guys just are not. Yeah, that hitting. Dwight Powell one. Yeah. That Dwight Powell yeah. one was – and Powell after, you could see it in his face because it was like, Luca got that – that was a magician's play. It went through mm-hmm. like three defenders. Yeah, so. and, and the role the, – the pick and roll guys have been letting him down this year, so I can see him being a little bit frustrated because he literally should be, have – an average of two to three assists more a game just because these guys are just missing. He's just setting these guys up beautifully and they're just I feel not good about finishing. this though. I mean, I saw like one of these Kirk Goldsberry uh, um, graphs today about like shooting and the Mavericks are kind of right in the middle of the pack. And I think they're going to con- continue to get these good shots. Like the afford, like Bullock is just missing the most, Oh my God, kind of shots that I think he'll eventually figure out. 
Wood is in a weird spot right now. I like the offense but, still has layers that they can that they can peel through. It, Exactly. And Kirk, at the end of the day, this team is still finding itself. I think this team is going to improve a lot. And they're a game and a half, game and a half out of first place, and Utah's in first place. They've lost three games by 10 points. I know. That's not a bad place to be. You know, like I said, this team is still finding itself, and you're a game and a half out of first place, and Utah's first place. And I'm sorry, but Utah ain't going to be at first place in the end of the season. That's just not going to happen. You know, I think they're going to, you know, yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks for letting me speak, Kirk. Of course. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next, it's a fan favorite. I reached out to his son-in-law. So you guys are not allowed to bitch about him in the chat because he's my friend and yours. Akiva, welcome back, buddy. It's been a long time. Hope you had a good off season, and I hope you've had an enjoyable start to the NBA season. Thank you so much, Kurt. Can you hear me? I can. You sound great. Great to hear your voice. Oh, thank you. Same here. My favorite thing is to talk to you. And as you know, my second favorite thing is to bitch about Jason Kidd, which well, I he he has a great look at like he has front row seats to some of the fuckery that happens in some of these games, and yet they're winning anyways. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Actually, Kirk, this year I I'm not gonna go to any games probably because um, my father passed away like in August. Uh, sorry to hear that. Nah, nah, thank God. Uh, God gave him like 95 years almost, so that that's good. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, in my religion, for like a year, if your parent passes away, for like a year you're not supposed to go to parties, weddings, maybe entertainment events, so I'll probably stay away this year. But I'm, I'm still watching, not as closely as I used, as I watched the last three years, three or four years. But uh, I got to tell you, um, if you watch the last two minutes of, or last minute of this game and you still think that Jason Kidd is a good coach, uh, I'm, I feel sorry for you. Uh, <laughs> what he waits say? a little too long on stuff. Like the runs for timeouts, that's been kind of our consistent gripe where the first quarter, all of a sudden it was 25-11. And it's like, dude, what, what are we watching here? Call a timeout. I'm surprised nobody criticizes this thing about with 32 seconds left or what have you, 20 seconds left, you up three, you start following the other team. So, okay, let's talk about this because Carlisle would never foul. And I feel like we lost more games than my heart remembers, just like really painful losses where somebody would do something stupid. What I don't know what the correct strategy is. I mean, the Mavericks lucked out in this one, and I'll take it. It's better to be lucky than good every time. But I'm not really sure what the right play is there because, like, would you want any of those guys to shoot a three-point shot? You're stopping the clock. You're letting, you, you're letting it become a three, uh, free-throw shooting contest, which is better than better chance for, for the other team than they would have if they have to earn – points whether it's a three whether it's a two you still make them earn the points and it it should have backfired it did backfire if durant did not miss that free throw it's just an idiotic i believe it's an idiotic well the three-point foul was really stupid like the goal to foul somebody like on the floor and get two points i get but But, like what reggie and dorian i think it was dorian right there was like guys like what 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 are we but doing? The players were psyched to foul. Yes, yes, it was okay. their fault. But they were they were psyched to foul. They were they would they were told five times foul foul foul. It happens. That's why it <laughs> happens. That's why it happens. 
the other thing with uh, uh, Jason Kidd, uh, the, did you see where uh, Spencer Didwitty complained about being called the uh, bitch ass oh, yeah. by yeah. Kidd brothers? So they asked Kidd uh, at the post game uh, about that. And he didn't really comment. Yeah. He, well, he did worse than that. He said, he said, uh, uh, Tony Brothers is a well-liked, uh, universally well-liked referee and one of the best we have in the league. I have to speak to Spencer about that. What is he smoking? Tony Brothers from a thousand miles away, I can tell that guy can't referee. Yeah, Tony, Tony, was, uh, Tony called a very poor game, that game. You, and he usually does. Yeah. Are yeah. You, am I, do I have something wrong? Is Tony Brothers really considered to be a good referee? See, I think we'll agree. I think the whole chat will agree with this too. The moment we know a referee's name, the referee stops being good because the best referees are the referees you don't notice. I know. It, it's, it's all comparative. But the four or five games that I remember seeing him referee, maybe more, every time I thought this guy sucked more than, everybody, more sure. than every other referee. And it, well, it affected, like, it clearly sort of, I don't want to, you know, play armchair psychologist too much, but Spencer had a kind of a brutal game. And it's, it's that sort of thing was, was particularly curious. I'm not, you know, so one thing I do got to kind of pick you on because you've been on this train for as long as anybody. What do you think about these Luka Doncic 30 point games? And when do you think they stop? Uh, Kirk, you know, you know, I think Luka has a chance to be the, the best player of all time. Love it. He may not go down as that because he's had the misfortune of playing for two bad coaches already. And, uh, and, and he has the misfortune of being on a Mark Cuban team where he hasn't played with an all-star yet. And he's, I, my, my, my fear is that Luca is going to, if he's not going to leave, uh, and let's face it, uh, kid is not going to get fired for two or three years. Uh, it be Cuban. It takes Cuban a long time to to get something right. But if he's not gonna leave, he, I'm I'm afraid that Cuban is gonna drag him down to the Dirk one title in twenty years level, and that's not Luca. Luca Luca should be winning five titles in his career. Well, you know they got so far last year, and this year it's just like like one of the things that I keep kind of re- referencing is the fact that they've only lost these three games by ten points, where. I've not felt particularly good about the, like, I'm having a great time. Don't get me wrong, but there's some real, like, Hey, these guys could be playing a hell of a lot better. And yet they're six and three. So I'm, I'm just, I had sort of, sort of like figured out my position on this season was because of their lack of trade assets and the fact that they still owe the Knicks, this pick in the coming draft is going to be kind of a take your medicine year. And yet the Mavericks are six and three. So I just, I don't know. I'm having, this is a lot of fun. I I think Luca could easily go 15 games of like 30 plus points in a row. Like this is preposterous. I've never seen a basketball player score a ball like this. Absolutely. And he's not even being selfish and he's not even shooting the three well, except for tonight. Tonight was great. (laughs) Man, some of those threes were, uh, that was, that was fantastic. And if he gets, even if he gets to his career average so far, like 36%, with the intermediate great accuracy that he has now, now for the light, forget it. It's 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 thirty points is like the minimum, and he's not even being selfish. Well, you know, many times today he passed off, and you know yep. these guys 
uh, where they miss layups, they miss that. Um, w- what else I was going to say? Yeah, uh, so, um, but uh, Josh Green, uh, you know, I, I know you gave up on him a long time ago, but I told you this guy has potential. That's where the coaching really matters. Josh Green, you know, both Carlisle and Kid sucked as coaches. Carlisle hung him out to dry. Yeah, yeah. And Kid is, is not a great developer. Develop, uh, doesn't really develop. I kind of like that we're giving him minutes, though. I really, you know. Yeah, this, that's the, good. Frank Milikino was back tonight, and that seemed like, you know, a prime opportunity to give that guy minutes, and they just stuck with Josh, and I like that. That's good. But I believe that uh, Josh Green would have blossomed earlier, and he, I don't know if he's blossoming now, but. He's got potential. There's no question. He's got, but but he's got to have the right coaching. Well, if he gives the Mavericks anything, if he gives the Mavericks anything this year consistently, I know we're all really excited about it right now. But if these minutes that he gets now pay off in March and April, they pay off in May, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. He's the only great athlete on the on the Mavs, uh, other than Luca being a great athlete, being with body control and all that. But but uh, uh, he's he'll play great defense. He's he's got really real potential. He should be playing even more. Should be playing thirty minutes a game. I believe. That's tough though. That's tough at the moment. Well, my friend, I hope you join us after a particularly bad loss, so that we can actually bitch and get that out of our system. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as you see, I can bitch here just as well. Right, right. it's <laughs> tough. Like we've not really like the Oklahoma City loss. I was just like a rage blackout for about three hours. But this is like this is fun. <laughs> So, okay. it's great talking to you. You again. too, friend. We'll talk soon. Have a good night. All right, all right. We're gonna fly through people now. So I had to give Akiva a little bit of runway. I, I I am friends with his son-in-law Josh, and I wanted him back in the room. Now we got somebody who was at the game. My man Taylor, who is with God that Vince that Vince Young profile photo. I'm so jealous. Tell me what was going on in the game tonight. What was the arena like? Hey man, it was awesome. First, I want to say condolences to Akiva uh, and his uh, for losing his for losing his father. You know, maybe may his memory be a blessing. That's that's tough. We we love to hear him being in this room. But tonight was awesome. Um, you know, it's late game, so like it took a while for people to fill in. But man, there late in the fourth quarter, it was it was incredible. A uh, couple of things I noticed in the game. Seeing KD guard Luke face guard Luca forty feet from the basket in the first like in the first quarter was just an ultimate sign of respect. Um, and it was a couple times where like Luca like KD was guarding him forty feet from the basket. Luca like was walking back, being like, "Come on, man! Like that's not cool." And they just kind of laughed with each other. But it was like one of those things where you saw that you know one of the greatest players of his generation was just you know giving him that sort of respect. A um, couple other things. Uh, suck to see Tim get hurt because that first half, Tim looked like – He looked like you know, Tim. He looked like the Tim we were excited yeah. to see. He really did. And he was getting – and I texted my buddies, like, this is a Tim game because he was just in his bag. And, like, when that, when that jump shot's fallen, because, you know, he gets so much elevation from that jump shot, but when it's fallen, it looks like it's never not going to fall. Uh, and he just starts playing with that level of confidence. Like that's that was so great to see. It sucked to see him go down like that. I mean, I don't. I, I that that looks to be like a pretty severe, not pretty severe. I mean, maybe just a couple weeks. But like, man, that his legs just like the way he slipped and went into his splits. Like that did not look comfortable 
what so uh, Luke, uh, the look on Luca's face when it happened there was a baseline shot on the camera where they showed basically from um I don't know it's like one of those cameras that's midway in the tunnel I guess and uh-huh. they showed like Tim slipping and Luca's fit he just goes like the crew yeah he gives that like, grimace was, it was rough yeah I mean it just like I mean he went straight out like eight, 180 degrees his legs it was tough um, and it really sucked because this looked like the first game where he was playing with, because like he's always the kind of guy like he's gonna keep shooting, but when those shots start falling, and he was attacking closeouts, doing that one-two dribble. I think he had a couple like one-two dribble floaters, and like that's when you know he's really starting to feel it in his bag. Where there, he's starting to make those kind of those those quick reaction plays on attacking closeouts. What he was doing was there were two plays, and they were each from Josh Green. Um, oh, that's where I wanted to get a, to next. One was kind of a broken play where Green ends up underneath the bucket, and Tim relocates mm-hmm. to the corner, wide open, catch and shoot. Yep. Tim is a catch and shoot guy, is where mm-hmm. Tim thrives. The dribbling shit drives me nuts because he tries to play make, his balance isn't as good, but when Agreed. Tim just yeah. catches and fires is when it worked. And I and don't then, feel like Tim has gotten near enough chances this year. Maybe that's not fair. Actually, he kind of has gotten a lot of chances. But they haven't gone down. But I really – it was just nice to see the two catch-and-fire situations coming from, you know, the where he wasn't doing the thing where we've seen in these earlier games where he's kind of like the offensive focal point. And that I just don't ever think that's yeah. his, his game. Yeah, he's, we're, not, he, we're not putting him in uh, – situation to succeed whenever he's in that situation there's some other situations where he like he relocated to the corner guys attacked him hard on the closeout because he had made a couple shots and then he was able to attack the closeout put the ball on the put the ball on the floor once or twice and get in and put up a shot or put up a floater and that's a situation you want him to be in not necessarily trying to create his own shot all the time so you know it's just it's just really a bummer that he got that he got injured. Uh, hopefully, it's not too extreme. You know, these guys I, yeah. are these guys are freaks of nature. You know, like in terms of their how their muscles like respond to stuff. So, if if that happened to me, I would not walk for. I mean, I would be in surgery tonight. Like. Yeah. You know. Oh God, no! Right, right. It's just like also, the, the whole the like. I'm thinking about the injury. It sucked. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, hopefully, so hopefully he comes back and like. But it was great to see him get into a rhythm. The last, the other couple of things I saw, obviously, like we were talking about tonight. I, I legitimately think this is Josh Green's best game as a Maverick. He looks like a different I think so player. Too. Yeah, like, like that's why his, I get a little, I get a little sassy about these games, like against like the Rockets, where he has ten jump pass assists. Yeah, the game it wasn't. The Nets, that's a grind out game where his points mattered. Is and important he was to me. 100%. And he was, he was, especially with, with Tim being out, I mean, he was in the game the entire way down the stretch. And not only like in the, in the first and second, or like the first three quarters, the fact that he was in at the end of the game tells me a lot in terms sure. of how much confidence that the staff has gained in him. Well, but. Obviously, we've all seen that his shot has gotten better. He's like, you know, improved his footwork. He looks more confident on it. But also, he's just more assertive and decisive, attacking the basket and making his passes that we all knew he kind of had a good knack for passing. But he's just like much more decisive on it. And like, it's just, 
he's just playing with a level of confidence that we haven't seen before. Yeah. And we need that, you know, and we can all, we can all sit here and, and, uh, you know, wish well, we had the, the all these other guys, but where he's going to yeah. let. So, so we have to sort of be like honest about the offense. Like he's not going to continue to have like 85% shooting nights. Like that's, yeah. not, <laughs> like yeah. that's not reasonable just because but, it's, you know, it's basketball, but, but what he can do every night is play good defense and he has. The Kevin and, Durant defense was really fun to watch. Yeah, and nights like this give him the confidence to play through yes. bad nights. Like, like, like you know, we all saw, we all remember whenever he was playing in the Jazz series when he just stopped looking at the basket and was like literally running away from the basket at times. Um, but like nights like this will give him confidence to when his shots not falling to keep playing with some sort of like assertiveness and decisiveness. And to not be a total just black hole on the offensive yep. end. Yeah, because and, if the defense guards you, there's downhill effects for your teammates. Exactly right, and then that and, and his his energy on defense and in transition and his active hands on the weak side, like all those things are great. But if he gets so in a block, like in his own head with his on the offensive on the offensive end, and you could put Rudy Gobert on him and he sure. can play. 25 feet off of him, well, it, it becomes unplayable. But I it's mean, nights like these that will give him the confidence to keep being assertive and keep taking good shots and, rather than just completely kind of like caving. And so it was, there was it the was drive and there see. was the contested three. It was top right corner of the screen uh-huh. for me as I was watching. The contested three is the sort of thing that's going to stick with me because number yep. one, he doesn't take contested threes. Yep. So the fact that he pulled the trigger, whether it went in or not, felt good for me because he's got yeah. to be a threat to shoot. That it went in is really cool. And yeah. I, I watched Dorian be terrible for years. Yeah, yeah. Dorian was yes. bad. Like, those were all yeah, those were hey, all these people that all these Luca fans, I mean, like, I love I'll take all the fans we can get, but uh we were we were we were in the pits watching the development of Dorian Finney Smith and it was not easy. And that's what like always sucked was like yeah. Dorian got you know, you always say he got he played four he started forty two games his rookie year when he was a bad offensive player. <laughs> and that's the kind of development that he got to be the guy that we love today. Yeah. Uh, and so it's hard to expect Josh to get there. But I think now we're seeing we're seeing the the sorts of growth that like it will take for him to be a like clearly a very like a you can clearly be a valuable rotational piece um but it's nice to see that you know he's made a bit of a leap and the it's and it's also you know we could say what we want about kids um you know uh tactical deficiencies but i think it's what one thing it's unfair to say about him is that he's not a a, a developer i think he is very much a developer. Um, and I think that like that Josh's improvement's been a, is kind of case in point for that. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that's it. And the other thing I was going to say is that it, well, what kind of sucks is, you know, uh, Spencer and Wood do not have much chemistry at all in the pick and roll. (laughs) Yeah, and that's and like I don't want to be I don't want to be a negative Nelly on like whenever we have a great win tonight, but I think that's going to be something to watch in terms of how we kind of because 
because Wood is so much better offensively when he's on the floor with Luca. And like, I love Spencer as a player and as a dude, uh, but he's not necessarily a true creator for other players. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, right now that's kind of the secondary pairing to put them on the floor together to try to like be the kind of create offense for the second unit when Luca's out. Well, Spencer just needs a pass a damn ball. Yeah, and I but it's also you he I think a guy at his age he's been in the league for that long with his game like well, he he's been it's hard you can't with gas from three he's been hitting mm. like fifty percent of his threes so when yeah, they he's don't crypto go, curry right now yeah so like when they don't <laughs> go like they didn't go tonight he's one of eight it just mm-hmm. it sucks <laughs> yeah and it's like and it's like at a certain point a guy is who a guy is sure you know, he's like he's he's third yeah I guess he's He's 30 now. He's been in the league for a long time. It's like we can't really expect him to just – guys at that point don't develop all of a sudden making crisp passes and, like, seeing the floor and tossing dope, like, lobs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, how they kind of figure out the rotations with Wood. Um, but but also, come back to Wood, like, he played hard today. He played hard on defense, like – um, it wasn't his game to like go out there and get buckets, but like it was nice to see that he played hard and like it'll be interesting. Like I said, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how we kind of like piece together time with Luca and him on the floor um, yeah. to get him rolling. But um, but yeah, that's my piece, Kirk. Uh, I'll let you go because you got. I'm sure you got plenty of other guys that want to come up and talk. Uh, like I always say, you're. I love that you do this, and you know. We all we all appreciate the work you do. Thanks for hanging out. Talk soon. All right. Who else we got? Chris, you, you're you're complaining about you want to go to bed. I'm yeah, I'm like actually, I was uh gonna go to bed right after the game. I had my phone on silent, so I like to miss the first twelve minutes of the green room. But I got a, I got a second win. But yeah, I'm about to crash out. This is uh this is the times we got to enjoy. I mean, we're on a four game winning streak. Could easily be nine and zero right now. I mean. Things are looking good. We're winning in the clutch. We're winning against good teams. The whole Thunder loss kind of sucked, but, I mean, we're winning close games, though. That This is the sure. key. And we beat the Nets twice, and one of them with Kyrie and Durant, both playing great, and we still end up winning. Um, things are just looking good, and I'm just looking at the standings here. And I know Utah's going to come down to earth eventually. I mean, we could easily, realistically, be a top-four team still maybe even get that third seed like we needed last time. I mean, well, I mean, that's I can't say at best we can get number one seed, but damn, with the way that Lucas playing, I don't know. I mean, well, let's just go through the games real quick. Orlando, Washington, Portland, Clippers, Houston, Denver, Denver. That's really? that, then they play kind of a murderous stretch where they play Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, Golden State. But out of those games, I don't see, there's not a clear reason why they shouldn't, you know, there's nothing on like right now that I'm looking at that makes me think that they, there's not a schedule loss amongst those, if yeah. that makes sense. And a lot of these guys have been together, so we've known the last couple of years these little trap games. I mean, I think they've kind of learned from their mistakes. Uh, you can't just go in and expect that you're just going to win. I mean, I mean, just what happened this season against the Thunder at home. I mean, anything could happen. So um, I am still concerned about the whole need another playmaker thing. You know, you know Spencer is fine. He's a, he's a good player, but damn, it just – a lot of, I mean, how many turnovers did we have tonight? Like 22. 22. Turnovers have been a problem recently. I mean, we escaped from this. I mean, <laughs> with Durant missing a free throw, he, he made like 62 straight free throws. I mean, 
uh, even uh, Derek Harper kind of got a shout out to him. He kind of gave us one there. He even said, he was like, I think he's going to miss it. And r- right when he said that, he missed it. He I don't think like he said at the juncture, row. though. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, shout out to Harper for uh, for that uh, commentator curse. Um, it happens a- every now and again. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, yeah, Utah, I, I just don't see them being that team. Um, you know, Portland, they're pretty good, but they've been winning some games at the buzzer too. Portland's so. Portland's feisty, but I think like that's a game where it's like the Lucas score 60 challenge. Like they don't have a single dude that's going to bother him. He's going to put their defenders in a blender. Yeah. And you know, yeah, Minnesota sucks. Thunder sucks. King suck. I mean, Sacramento or San Antonio. I mean, we're seriously like one of the best teams in the West. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, just got to enjoy this winning streak. We've got a couple of bad teams coming up. You just got to take take care of business, feast on the East, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm just they've got to do something about getting another another playmaker. I, I'm hoping they can find a way to get Durant with this whole drama thing that's going on. I mean, we probably don't have the assets for it, but um, maybe he's some team. Watch, man, isn't he good? He's just so good. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good at basketball. After the like game, we were briefly like, like talking. Oh, man, I was what like, what would he be like with Luca? Like, maybe Luca's like, hey. Come to the Mavs, like they were talking briefly right after the game. I was just like, man, you know, just man, if we had KD, that'd be that'd be nuts. Um, is there anybody else that you you would think? I mean, you probably get this question asked all the time. Anybody in the league right now, you really realistically think that we could get? Um, no, and it's another- because of the way the trade assets are locked up. Like friend of the our everybody's friend Dalton, wonderful guy. You know, he has these trade scenario options, and it's not that I. I, I just don't see any of them happening because it's such a leverage point. It's it's plus it's like what would you want to mess with a good thing right now? You know? Yeah, that's true. Just thing. keep just keep racking up wins and then you know, maybe a team I, I don't know, goes in super tank mode and you can be in right. a position to do like a three way trade or something like or a, you know, three team trade or I mean get get somebody to help out Luca a little bit. But when it comes to playoffs, I mean he's it's gonna the ball's gonna be in his hands most of the time. We just need somebody else that can take the ball down occasionally and let, you know, kind of like what Den, what he's doing. But I mean, we just just pretty God Luca doesn't get hurt because this team. Oh, sure. When he's on the floor, obviously it's just, it's kind of a mess. So, yeah. but just keep enjoying these wins and let's just uh, get, get another one on Wednesday. Uh, what, what are we on Monday? I'm so wiped out right I now. I am too. No, that's why this, this game starting at nine o'clock on a Monday is a war. Crime. Yeah. I'm so discombobulated, but yeah, let's get another win on Wednesday. So. All right. Talk soon, man. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. No problem. All right, let's fly through some folks here. Iwan, my East Coast man, get your takes hey, off. What's up? Welcome, welcome. Yeah, go in, go in, go in, go in, go in, go in, go in. I want to give Jason credit his credit, and then I'm gonna take it back. So as I was watching the game, I'm like, you can tell the first two minutes of the fourth quarter is like, all right, this is gonna get out of hand. So I'm like, listen, Luca got to go back in at least by the eight minute mark, and he made the right thing. He put him in with what eight forty left. So I'm like, all right. There you go. That's some coaching. You know what I'm saying? And sure. Wrote, no, that's not. It's not being a slave to to the rotation, right? And then you know he rolled at it for as long as it could, and I'm like, all right, got the two minutes now. Two minutes, like the last two minutes in the NBA game is like an hour in real life. It just drags. So it's like that last two minutes is like, okay, that group did the best they could. Okay, now you gotta get a secondary. Now you gotta get. Now you gotta get put Spencer back in because you know they're going to try to clog Luca as much as they can. And you saw you saw it with those, you know, few sloppy turnovers down towards the end because those guys handling the ball, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you wrote that group, which you, which you was right. You did what you was supposed to do. 
two minutes time, bring back in the second ball handler to help, you know, to help um Luca out. But I mean, other than that, I love I love the game, man. It was a great game, you know. I heard all the points about Josh Green, so that's good. Um in regards to us talking about Wood and his minutes, it may be Josh Green that start getting all those minutes because it's like there's no expectation from Josh Green really offensively. So you know he's going to give you what he's going to give you on defense. If he shoots it and he doesn't miss and he miss, well, we're not losing too much. But you know his effort is going to stay on the defense. Now with Wood is like if he shoots and he's missing, he's not having a bad offensive game, the other end may not – be there like how Josh Greed is. So it's kind of like you're in a win-win situation with how Josh Greed is Yep. so far this year. You know, he's going to play great defense. So far this year, I, I saw he's looking. He's, you know, his defense is pretty good. And he's adding that offensive repertoire. It's like, it's, it's hard to keep him off the floor. It's hard. Well, so Kevin Gray Sports, who does some stuff for 105.3, the fan here in Dallas, had some tweets this morning. I'm not going to read them verbatim just because I can't find them. But it was basically talking about how through a source told him that the Mavericks expect more from Wood defensively if he wants more minutes. He's going to have to earn it through the defensive stuff. Uh, and being, you know, the consistent effort, consistent. And really, I'm not even sure it's effort. I think it's actually learning the defensive rotations because they were flying all over the floor tonight with lots of like help and recover stuff. And frankly, that's the sort of thing. That's where I think like Woods in a bit of a catch 22 because he needs the minutes to figure out. He needs to like, he's not going to make the right choice every time unless he gets the minutes, but he's not going to get the minutes unless he makes the right choice every time. So yeah. something's sort of got to give there, I think, but I, I don't know. I like what I saw. I, I I'm not watching these games going, Oh my God, Christian Woods not doing anything on defense. Yeah. I mean, with the last game, um, it was in the fourth quarter around like the five, six minute mark where him and Tim Hardaway was on the court together. And you can see the confusion between him and Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway on. gets confused at everything. There are gifts out there of Tim like doing a, like it's a, he's just spinning in a circle. Yeah. But, but both of them together was just a bad, it was just a bad few minutes. So you can tell the frustration and you can see on the highlights that they got confused and he was talking to you like, like, you know, what am I supposed to do? Like, what am right. I supposed to do? And then at that point, Jake had took him out, took both of them out. And then you can see that Wood was a little bit frustrated. But like you said, he needs the minutes to play, but the time he's in the game, it's like it's it's a critical time. So it's kind of like you can't risk it leaving him out there and having those mistakes continue to, continuing to happen. You got to go with the guys that kind of know, you know, where to be and how to rotate and, and whatnot. But other than that, like with Luca. It's like when it comes to like the betting, you know, the betting man's game. Like Luca's like the Sherlock every night for thirty for thirty points <laughs> over any other. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. I want to say his. I saw one over under for for point total at thirty three and a half tonight, and he still beat it. It's like yeah, what in he's, the world. Yeah, he's he's a lock. He's a lock because he's just locked for that for the rest of the year, pretty much, unless you know we get someone else. And yeah. lastly, um, you can see where we miss Brunson. I wouldn't even say like the playmaking aspect of it is not the careless turnovers. And like yeah. we had like 22 turnovers today. So it was like, we need to sort that out. Yeah. You know, we need to get that sorted out. But other than that, we want to keep rolling, man. Keep rolling. So. Well, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate yes, you. Sir. All right. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next, then we got my guy, Mr. Dang. We're going to get to everybody tonight, guys, by the way. I don't, 
we're, we're unless we have like 400 person rooms where I got like way too many people, I'm gonna stay up late with you guys. So, Mr. Dang, what's happening? Hey, Kurt. Hey, welcome, welcome. welcome. Thanks for staying up, man. I, you know, kid was my favorite player when we had the three J's, but you know, I can't stand teetering on this edge when we don't need to be. You know, we've been very lucky in these close games, but it's going to revert to losing if we keep on making the same mistakes, you know? Oh, couldn't find my mute button. Tonight felt like new mistakes. <laughs> I don't know how to describe that correctly. It was just like watching this game. It was like where those corner threes happened. Kind of did, they, they felt like bad luck much more than bad process. Um, like they let their foot off the gas a little bit early versus some of these leads in the fourth quarter where they've had like 15, 20 point leads. And then it just evaporates. Like that was like two quick shots, and then the nets are right there. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I think you're right. You know, it's just uh, the timeout could have been good. At, you know, when they were making that 11-0 run, have that timeout. Maybe at 7-0 run because you could see the slouching uh, of of the shoulders. You know, of so many people. You know, I mean, that's when my coach would say, "Hey, that's when I needed to make a timeout when." Morale was sure. bad. And re- Am I making your your phone beep when I talk? Is that on me? I think so. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. I don't know what's going on, but anyways, you know, there's some good things that happened. At least we played. But Bullock is just ass right now. Holy cow! Well, he'll figure it out. We just need to give him time. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. I'm going to let other people speak. I'm really tired, too. Sure thing, though. I don't know. That's funny. It's like, uh, it sounded like something was beeping every time I spoke. Um, okay. Logan, what, uh, I'm going to, Logan, what's up, buddy? How's it going, Kirk? Don't tell me you're hanging out in our chat. What, are you, what, are we writing anything tonight? I don't really, I don't have anything to write. My brain is tough. Oh, I'm, I'm going to tomorrow. Well, I was going to, I feel like I want to see if there's anything from this game, but I was, um, what, 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 I just keep having this, like, are we good? <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't know this. It's been a confusing start of like, there's so many things you can say to either justify feeling positive or to feel negative. And I'm usually someone who tries to be really objective and stay even keeled. So I'm just kind of like, have no idea how good we are. I have no idea. So I have an idea of how good we are. I have no idea how bad we can be. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, at this point last year, the Mavericks had had their asses served to them three or four times. We're talking like brutal double-digit losses. Yeah, we haven't had one of those. No, we've not had one of those. So I'm normally really grossly pessimistic. And the Thunder game really did something to me in that regard. But I, I, I'd much rather like there are going to be games like these. These, frankly, guys, there's enough like evidence over the course of a season where there's like five to seven games every year if they're like this close that are earnestly toss ups. Like the the 2007, 2006, 2007 Dallas Mavericks won 67 games but had a preposterous record in clutch time. That sort of thing tends to revert over the course of the year. So 
unless the Mavericks figure out some of their crunch time woes, I think some of the the clutch time stats where, honestly, I don't know if it favors the Mavericks, but they have clutch time wins. I think that sort of reverts. But I also think it's better to be lucky than good, and you win these games right now, and then figure out what sort of your woes are. Like the shooting stuff, for example, I, I just – I Reggie's not going to shoot this bad. No. You know, like Dorian I mean, started to figure it out. And and that that gives Josh Green space to where if he when he comes back down to earth, exactly. we're no longer like needing him to shoot a thousand percent from three. It's the same for Spencer as he comes down. Like honestly, this is kind of what it was like last year. I mean, it's like Luca in the playoffs, we got used to it. It was like Brunson was the number two option, and he was our number two leading scorer throughout the season after KP got traded. But really it was a lot of like Luca is the center of everything and different guys popped every night and Brunson would have like 14, 14, 14, 8, 24, but it never felt like he had to be locked in as like the number two option until the playoffs. And I think that's just, that's just kind of what we look like right now. I think that that question of how good we are is, is like someone's going to have to be that consistent number two. Like this can work, this can work the way it's worked. We'll win some close games. You'll lose other close games, but I mean, that's why I keep coming back to the Wood thing, which I'm not even sure. How many minutes did he play tonight? Do you know it off the top of your head? I do not. I should, but I just closed out of my ESPN window. I just, he didn't seem like he was in good rhythm. I mean, really, it seemed like he was trying to create his own a lot just to try to, like, put his imprint on the game. Yep. And I think, so besides Luca doing Luca stuff, I don't feel like we're extremely organized with our game plan, which is crazy that we're like first in offense because I don't feel like besides I mean I think Luca is a big part of that, almost all of it, because besides that, I don't feel like we're very organized. Dinwiddie doesn't keep us very organized. He doesn't really help Wood and find Wood in his spots. Um and in general I feel like that's where we miss Brunson. It's not just the turnovers, which like twenty two turnovers obviously it help with that. But like he would make a concerted effort to make sure Wood was like within the flow of the game. He's just, that's the kind of like player Brunson is very cerebral. And I'm trying to figure out how we basically create that organization. And it kind of goes for everything in the macro sense. Like I felt like when we were at our best last year, we knew who our closing five were. We knew who, and I'm wondering if maybe once this stuff kind of just locks in and kid doesn't really have an option to get galaxy brained, because this is kind of what happened last year. (laughs) Things things will be feel sturdier as they feel like last year it was out of necessity because we just weren't deep enough. But I'm just wondering if like there's a certain kind of like flow to rotations and flow to how the offense runs outside of just Luca being a superhero. Because our best minutes besides Luca superhero minutes are Dwight Powell, Josh Green. Everything gets mucky. The other team's bench kind of sucks two minutes, and that's yeah. not sustainable. You know. Well. I one of the things that would really cure this ill, and this is not a complaint, though it is going to sound like one. Goran Dragic. No, it's <laughs> that Spencer Dinwiddie has been so good in some of these isolation opportunities that he's not needed to do other stuff. But like tonight, when he was terrible, he needed to get more people involved. He needed to get more people involved. Yeah, I don't know if it still stands, but like four games ago, he was like fourth in isolation possessions in the league. Right. Right, and, and that, that sort of stuff turns like it just—it's gonna regress, and that's not—it just is the nature of basketball. Yeah, like tonight. I mean, it's—is the regression point for that? See, I guess that's part of my thing with Wood is like I don't ever. I think other people have 
considered maybe that Dinwiddie could just be Jalen Brunson, or I've just never, I've never expected Spencer Dinwiddie to be our second option. And so like, it's not even just about playing Wood more. Like that can come in time. And it those quotes to me about him playing better defense, it did sound like they realize, oh, our ceiling involves him being like very central to what happens and playing more minutes. They just want him to get the defense up. But like I I I guess I feel like we're kind of just going back and forth between it's like him or Spencer, whoever the focus on the non-Luca offense is. And I've just never it's not that I don't like Spencer. I, I do like him. I just don't I don't think that's what he needs to be. You know what I mean? I think it's too much pressure on him. And But I don't think Wood trying to do it on his own is the right thing either. It's got to be synergistic between him and Luca, which it's been like nine games. But I guess that's just like the only thing I see us. I'm trying to find ways that we get better and we can't just make a ball handler come out of thin air. So I'm like, it's basically making sure Wood is like, synergistically a part of everything we're doing on offense rather than like every once in a while he decides to take someone off the dribble and make something happen and hopefully it works out you know what i mean yes 100 percent. but oh and i guess josh green um i just wanted to say that actually like after a lot the after the lottery he was he might turn out to be a good pick like the bane thing it's he's never going to be able to live it down with like our fans but if he shoots and he's a three and D guy. Like some of the people picked around him who have been better than him, like an Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart doesn't really seem like the type of, I mean, he doesn't not see, he's not, doesn't profile as a playoff player. Like he's a, he's a non rim protecting, non shooting big, right? Like right, Montrez, right. Montrez Harrell got, could never really make it in the playoffs. And you look at some other guys in that range. And just like, if you can get a guy who is a legit three and D, even if he's not that good, like Pat Connaughton, played 30 minutes plus on the Bucks title team. That's that, that's a success for Josh Green. So I think some people are like, oh, he's not going to be our third option. What a failure. And other people are like, are you sure he can't be our third option in a couple of years? And it's like, no, it, it's very likely neither. And it's like really good if he's Bruce Brown. You know what I mean? So Well, I don't really even think about like a couple of years. Like when you have a superstar, I'm not thinking about a couple of years. I'm thinking well, about this year. And what's true, nice too. about this year is that to date through nine games, I feel like he can give Dallas real minutes. That's all I want. Real minutes. Yeah. Well, and people people won't want to once it gets to this point if he keeps playing this well. But wings like that, I mean, everybody needs them. So he'll quickly become the most. Like, yes. Yes. So. Because he's, he's you know, it, it, I know we're, it's way too early for us to even have like a trade based discussion, but you go from saying, well, who's going to want Josh Green to going, Josh Green? Yeah. Like that, it's, it's, that's a real thing. I mean, the Nets traded a first round pick for Royce O'Neill, and I would, uh, th- what we've seen. So, yeah, Josh James, Green's better than Royce O'Neill. Exactly. He, he yeah. just is. So it's like at that point, I'm not saying we're going to, people need to like, I feel like, we need to stop thinking about stars and start thinking about what kind of like just okay ball handler that could actually like really help this team. You know what I mean? Sure. So, but that's all, I guess I'll let other people get on. Appreciate you, buddy. Have a good night. I just yawned so ridiculously. Apologize for that. DJ long time. Hey, what's up car? Can you hear me? I can. You sound great. Welcome back. Um, so I was actually, uh, I was at the game and uh, I sat directly behind the Nets bench. And it was honestly one of the better games I've been to in a while. Um, a couple of good things and I got a couple of bad points as well. Um, 
first of all, I take back every mean thing I've ever said about Josh Green in the past because this was clearly the best game he's ever played as a Maverick and probably the best game I've ever seen him play live altogether. I think that's a fair take. I think we would probably have some folks wanting to talk about Utah game three, but I think in terms of being handed open shots versus playing defense and playing a complete game, I prefer this one because I think you can project more about what you can hope from him in the future on this game. Absolutely. And um, just his overall play, not necessarily just the scoring, but, you know, his defense has improved. Um, His just overall awareness is just so much better than what it used to be. And it's it's honestly very pleasant to watch. And um, Luca was obviously, you know, he was in God mode again. Um, The three pointers, I think they're going to come around with him, um, just like they've had the last two years where he starts off kind of slow and then. Next thing you know, he's he's making the most threes in the league by the end of the year. Um, and I think we saw a glimpse of that tonight. But I think overall, I'm not you know worried about his shooting or scoring or anything like that because he's averaging 35 points a game. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Sorry. Big yawn again. I'm getting old. Ugh. So, really, I'm, I'm jealous you got to go to this one. I'm actually going to the Portland game Saturday, hoping for another uh, another kind of barn burner. The atmosphere seemed like it was real fun. Probably looked like, looked like the best home atmosphere I've seen from a Mavs crowd in a while. Oh, man, the Nets assistant coaches just would not stop looking around, turning around and hearing me scream and, like, saying, lock them up, Joe, lock them up. <laughs> when uh, when Dory Finney-Smith was, like, guarding Kevin Durant or something and he just nails the shot in his face, I'm just like, ugh. But it was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed myself. And uh, one more good point. Uh, uh, speaking of, Dory Finney-Smith, this was um, – I think this was a breakout game for him this season. Um, because he's honestly done a bunch of nothing up until this point. And just to see him get back to the level he was playing at last year was was also a good thing to see. Clutch free throws. We're not even talked about him. It's an hour into it. Dorian Green or Dorian Green. Yes. Dorian Finney Smith with some clutch free throws. Love to see it. Yeah, it was awesome. And a uh, couple of the bad points that I've had um with this one. Um Spencer Dinwiddie was uh, just – he wasn't effective tonight. Um, I'm not sure if it was just him trying to find his rhythm or just, you know, he just had a bad night. Um, But, yeah, it was the first game this year where he was just completely ineffective. And, um, you know, his game – we all know, like, his game um, throughout the years has just been, you know, inefficiency. He just – he gets his points off pure skill. And tonight we just didn't see the efficiency that he has played with since he's been in Dallas. And it doesn't concern me too much, but it's just something to watch. Sure. Um, and the last thing is just um, we we had a polite disagreement about uh, the JaVale McGee signing. And I'm sorry, Kirk, you were totally right about that. Like this guy, like he's not – He's not terrible. He just brings a bunch of nothing. And I still think there's hope for him. Like he, he's he's making too much money for them to just do nothing with him. I, I, I 
you know, not to not to to, to placate the dude's bullshit, but like the lob Spencer threw him to start the game was such awful mess. And then like Luca leads yeah. him with a pass where he takes a hook shot from behind the backboard, and it's like, guys, like, oh stop putting God. this dude in a position to fail. First of all, but some of that's on him too. Goes both ways. Yeah, definitely. And um, I got one more thing, and then I'll be done. Um, Christian Wood tonight. Um, he also just you know. His impact wasn't felt like his impact is hit or miss, if we're being honest. But um, tonight, he just he couldn't really get it going. And I felt like a bunch of times tonight, he just tried to force the issue and it just wasn't really there for him. But hopefully he can just, you know, try to stay focused and keep trying to do the right things and keep learning the system and um, try to earn his keep here. I agree. I'm 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 still pretty bullish on him over the long term. And if they can win games without needing 25 points from him, then all the better. Yep, I totally agree. But uh, that's all I got for tonight. Thanks for having me up, Kirk. Sure thing. Talk soon. All right, we got five more folks. We're gonna get to each and every one of you, Ruben. What do you got for us, friend? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, man. What a win! I I swear this is like one of the best Mavs games. I've seen um, in a while just because um, I haven't heard anybody bring up Josh Green got in Katie's head Um, and I'm thanking him for that missed free throw. That was, that was insane. Who would have thought Katie is like, like, I don't know, trying to charge up Josh Green of all people. Um, I I couldn't have called that one, but yeah, great game. Um, And a couple things I did see, um, you hit it right on the head. I feel like Jay Kidd is putting C Wood in positions to fail. Like, hey, hey, oh, this is your guy. Oh, he's not working out. Da da da. And I feel like, um, you know, he was a little off because we keep pushing Javale McGee's minutes down, and it's random. And what he played, what three minutes, four yeah, minutes, it, it, and it felt like like. You ever get in an argument with somebody, you try to prove a very specific point only to have that shit thrown in your face almost immediately? That was what starting Wood was tonight. It was Kid being like, well, we're just going to play the matchups. It's important. Like, what What about this matchup called for JaVale McGee? Nothing. Yes. Yes. Callie, uh, Callie Kaplan posted that, and I think, what, she asked a question, and uh, well, uh, just matchup. I'm like, what matchup are you seeing where – it is necessary to start JaVale McGee. Um, and, and just, but you know what? Luca was like, get this young man out. Yes. And that, um, if kid wants to keep his job, that's not a good sign. If Luca's calling your, your, um, your sub ins, just start them in from the get go. So uh, it hasn't been 10 games yet. We're in a great position. Um, Phoenix loss, Memphis loss, Spurs lost. Um, another team, Bucks finally lost. So the commentators can stop saying, "Oh well, he's undefeated. He has to be the favorite and MVP." It's tough, man. Giannis looks like Giannis looks like uh, what's the the God of War game? Like the dude just mowing through. Yeah, he, he's pretty much Kronos on the terrifying. court. <laughs> but but then they they oh he's undefeated. He has to be the number one. No, that's gone. You got Luca. Was it, is it eighth game scoring that many points? The Utah it's, Jazz are the number one in seed in the like, what? And that's what and and that's what I'm saying. That like all the good teams have lost tonight, and it's just like if we keep the streak going, it's 
you know, by the end of two weeks, like Mavs could be number one if if everything falls right. But a couple of things I did want to say. Um, I do want after the tenth game, okay, J Kid, you've had your ten game experimental thing. We need to see. I'm sorry, I, I Josh Green Island is has a resort on it now. It has a sandals or whatever you want to call it, a Disney World and everything on it. We gotta get Reggie Bullock switch with uh, Josh Green, and we do not need to see McGee, uh, McGee ever in the starting lineup. I want to see Josh Green and Seawood in the starting lineup. The reason we keep falling inches and we have to like hold our breaths towards the fourth quarter it's it is a game of inches if you miss free throws early in the game you will end up in a in a barn burner in the end and we keep digging ourselves in holes in the first quarter those are energy points that at the end of the game there's like two maybe one point wins we are starting the game without our best hand, our best foot forward, and I hope Jay Kidd can get over. Like, well, Javale McGee was my guy. I'm going to give him every chance. Well, no, I, I think it's going to be Powell too. Is the is the real thing? I really do think it's going to be Powell, just because Lucas seems to have that little umph going on with him. And granted, I would like to see the minute distribution be about the same, where you play, you know, you play Powell like. Three, three, four minutes max, and then get Wood in there. But I don't know if we're going to see that. I, I just want Wood to get in a groove as a starter. If you get both Luca and Seawood going right from the jump, then we will see more blowouts. I guarantee you we will not have nail biters. We won't have to put them in at weird times. Because every time he gets in, like since, was it, after his 25, 225-pointers uh, games, um, that's when JaVale McGee's minutes started to get – he doesn't even know when he's getting in. So he's coming in cold, and tonight the refs were just not calling. And I think you, I DM'd you, and you were like – I was like, attack, attack, attack. And then refs are just not – you said it. You said it. You were like, yeah, refs are not six, just – Luca had six free throws in the first quarter. So he played 38 total minutes. Over the next 28 minutes – he got six free throws, including two that were in like the final seconds. So he really went twenty. He just didn't get a lot of calls. Like he was getting mugged at points, and, and you know that's just gonna happen. Yep, it's gonna happen sometimes. Yep, Spence was getting mugged. C. Wood was getting mugged. I, I didn't know how many how many uh, free throw attempts they had, but it wasn't many. But that's I, I swear, once. You know, we didn't, we couldn't call it. We didn't know Josh Green was gonna, you know, look like this. This man shot a hundred percent tonight, and these were, these were play play. These weren't like just open regular. Oh, these are, you know, pass them to the open man. No, he made stuff happen, and and you could tell. Um, I think one person said, was it Brent? I'm not sure, but this was like one of the first nights you could actually see Luca. Like, hey, huddle up. No, get him off the court. Bring in my guy. Keep Josh here. Josh closed the game, which blew my mind. And it I and and the reason I did love watching this game, it was Katie. It towards like it was coming down to the end, but Katie and Luca on each other. It's like I mean, I would I would have paid anything to see that, like just be able to sit on the court and watch them 
like go at it. But I do credit Josh Green for that missed free throw and um, Harper because he said something that jinxed him. And everybody was like, yes, <laughs> I forgot who tweeted it. The uh, Harper on defense. I was like, yes. But every game is going to look like that until we get our starting lineup. Um you know, fix. And it's so simple. I, I just need J kid to get out of, you know, his own, it was a galaxy brain. Like, Hey, we don't need you to overthink this. You got the guys you got, you just have to play them, but great game. Josh green is looking like a beast this season, man. Like who would have thought he would have been like the, the, the number one three point shooter in the league. Yeah. That's clay Thompson stats right there, man. But I love this team, um, like how we're playing. And, yeah, a lot of good teams lost tonight. I, I, I'm not even sure where we're at right now, but it's got to be like four well, or three. We, we find, the Mavericks finally play a real NBA schedule at this point in terms of volume of games because they play one game tonight, Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back, then a Saturday game. Like the normal NBA schedule is three to four games a week. We've had two weeks to start the year where we play two games. It's why, like, so I'm sure a lot of people are pissy. Luca's not player of the week or whatnot. Well, it's because the Mavericks only played eight games. <laughs> and, like, they play one game a week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thanks for hanging Buddy out, Ruben. No problem. Have a good one. Too. All right. Let's keep going. Keep it going. Krishna, what's up, man? Krishna, you there? You awake? Maybe not. Maybe not. We'll give him a second. Maybe invite him back up here in a second. I got to fly through some folks and see what's up. Will, what's happening? Hit that unmute button for us. There we go. Give him a second here. You hear me All now? Tired. Good shit. Oh, man, I've got some notes in here, but I'm several beers no, that's deep perfect. now. So Just we'll try to read it. your own handwriting while drunk. Done it many a time. Sometimes <laughs> things aren't what you thought you were. When you're- the first note that I have is all capital letters, Josh motherfucking sure. Green. No, yeah, no, <laughs> I, that, that's that man meaningful minutes like you've been you've been saying this for a long time we just need real minutes from him and he just does everything it is like it's positive chaos now every time he steps on the court and i i love it like i'm gonna buy a jersey well it's in you know you should like watching players it's much more fun to like them than be mad at them Absolutely, absolutely. And mo- most of the time, to to this point, most of the time it has been anger towards Josh Green. But I, but this season, every time this season so far, every time he steps on the court, it's great. I I have not been mad at a minute of Josh Green possession so far. Uh, something that has really been pissing me off though and especially was apparent tonight is like the way that we keep like everybody keeps looking off Christian Wood and it makes me mad as hell. Like nobody will pass this man, the damn ball other than Luca. Yeah. That's kind of who he's playing with though, where they run into issues like that. Yeah. And like, I, I haven't been a big Christian Wood needs to start like that. That hasn't really been my mindset with this team so far. Like, I, I think like I understand the problems with the defense and like he he's probably not a starting five on like 
a on like a really really good team. Like that's something that we'll have to figure out long term. But right now he's our second best player, and he needs touches. He needs the ball in good spots, and we're not helping him there. Sure, and it's very very frustrating. Like he, I, I, I saw which I I didn't watch the first half of tonight's game, but from what I saw, from what I saw, it just really felt like. He was – it was just like every time he got the ball, he felt the need to go get his own shot because yeah, we've been – looking a little bit. And, like, I understand that. He can force it because he can, he can legitimately get his own shot. He can take it off the dribble. He can, you know, ca- he can catch the ball inside the three-point line and just dry – and just run at the basket and good things will happen. But that's not what needs to happen with him, and it's very frustrating to watch for sure. Yeah. But um, two other things that I have uh, that I noticed was that Luca Luca's shot, which this is really the first time that his shot has looked really good this season. But it looked quick tonight. The release the release looked really quick, and I liked that. And also. He does not like Ben Simmons. No. Love it. This is a great <laughs> point this far into the podcast. Does every, not like that man. Everyone says, like, Ben's Ben's the best matchup in the league for Luca, and I just love Luca does not give a shit. No. Well, it's I feel amazing. Ben Simmons is also just a physical shell of himself. Between the back injury, the fact that he's not improved anything, and the fact that he's a bit of a wackadoo, like yeah, I, I've seen a lot of trade talks, like people wanting to trade for him for like nah, Timmy and Bur- even Timmy and Bertans. I I want THJ. I, I want him and Bertans off this roster, which I, I will say I do think that Bertans could possibly have a could oh. possibly have use on this roster. But well, that's I think, I think conversation Bertons, for another day. I think Bertans' knee might be might be scrambled eggs is part of the problem. Very very possible, very possible. But there there's still if he if he's healthy, I think that he could have some use on this team. But yep. in, but anyways. I've seen trade talks for Ben Simmons, like Timmy and Bertons, and I don't, I don't even want that because Ben has years on his contract. I'm, I'm good on that. I'm good on paying that much money to a guy that just can't score. Yeah. I Uh, okay, last thing last thing that I will say. First time I came in here first time I came in here this season, I got cooked for I, I got cooked in the comments for saying that Spence it Spence shouldn't be a secondary ball handler. That take did not look bad tonight. Nope. That he's not a good enough decision maker to be a secondary ball handler. He's fine and like the role that we envisioned for Tim Hardaway Jr. at the start of this season, Spence would thrive in that role, but he's not a backup point. Well, he's not a backup ball handler and playmaker. The man can't pass. Yeah. He's like he just doesn't he just doesn't make the right passes nearly ever. 
It's well, very frustrating. Yeah, because if his shot's not falling, everything else goes sideways, I think. And tonight was kind of a just a textbook example of that. So that's okay. They survived it. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's we we survived it, and that that'll happen plenty of other times this season. I just worry it's too early to worry about the playoffs, but I worry about the playoffs because Spencer Dinwiddie is one of two people on this roster that can really actually dribble a basketball, and, like, that's not good because he can dribble, but can he make decisions? Right. I understand. Well, thanks, Will. You got anything else? I don't believe so. Thank you for having me. Of course. Glad to have you. Hope you come back. Talk soon. Oh, didn't mean to cut you off there. We're going to give Krishna another shot. Krishna, what's up, man? Hey, Kirk. Can you hear me now? There we go. Sometimes when uh, you switch, if you switch out, in and out of the app, it'll it, cut you off. My internet went out for like one minute, and then the choice. app, yeah. So uh, then well, you know. obviously the app didn't work. Um, Obviously, Josh Green Island It's going bonkers. What a great game from the guy. Had his first ever post-game review. That was oh, fun. That was fun. Um, it, it, it's it's what we've been talking about, right? Like I I get all the calls for him to start, but like I don't know if over Reggie. Like Reggie has eleven years in this league, and like the the statistics show he just doesn't shoot well in the first two months of the season, like ever. Um, but it's what we've wanted. Like we've wanted Josh Green to. You don't need him to be a star. You just need him to be a contributor, and that's what he did tonight. And it came out through the stats, but even like minus the stats, like he he just gives good energy and hustle. And I get all the comparisons. Like you always want to compare people in their drafts, but it's not that I think that's wrong, but I think it sometimes can like, it, I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes it's just like it. I, I don't want to say it's kind of unnecessary in some senses. Like as long as Josh Green, I feel like has a, a good and defined role. I feel like that is enough um, and it doesn't mean that Desmond Bain isn't a better player or Desmond Bain isn't a better pick. It just means that, look, Josh Green is, like, finding his role here. He's a significant contributor, and I think that's that's really good. Um, of course, you wish he was a bigger player, but, look, he is what he is, and I'm completely happy with what he is right now. I can understand that. What else you got? Uh, you know, I, I agree with the last caller on Spencer. I was also worried. It's not that I think Spencer is a bad player, uh, nothing like that. But when you saw Spencer really in his element uh, in Brooklyn, and even here last season with the Mavericks, it was as the third option. And I think the reason is just that teams are so focused on your first two options that he just has all the freedom to not only shoot of a bit more open shots, but drive to the basket and now you're seeing it. He's struggling a little more as a second option. Um, so I do think, yeah, getting a third, a real secondary, it doesn't need to be a playmaker, just someone who controls and handles the ball. Like for consistency is something we need. Now where we get that, who that is, I don't know. I think the Ben Simmons trade rumors, I don't think they're like necessarily realistic because – Yes, I've talked about before, like I think the Mavericks who they trade for as a ball handler is is going to be a distressed asset in the sense of like Spencer was technically a distressed asset when he came in. But I don't think it's that much. It's kind of like it has to be a risk reward thing where the person you bring in maybe necessarily isn't seen to fit 
in a situation, but you can make it work. And I don't know if it's necessarily him. I've thought about other players. I'm not going to throw anyone out there because I know if I throw anyone, people are just going to absolutely burn my burn me down for it. But it's hard. Like I think this team last year, I don't think we were that great at clutch time. If I was wrong, not early on. Um, um, and it sort of evened it as it evened itself out as the it, they really were bad two years ago. No, I don't know. They we've had all this stuff starts to blend together for me for sure. Point, but it, it's nice to see early on this year for sure. And I think like you've kind of talked about, like you just need to get wins super early on in the season because you just don't know what happens uh, down the road. Like other teams will change. You know, situations like, and not just with your team, but just around the league. Like, I think of last year, not saying this is going to happen, but like the Warriors, they started out so well that even as they had some injury issues and some betting issues, like they could still hold on to the top three seed uh, down the road. And, you know, their record was so strong, they still had home court in the finals. So, like, I think at least getting these wins, no matter how ugly in some senses, is good. And, it's weird. Like this team is like literally Jekyll and Hyde. Like they look so good at times and the statistics say like yeah. they're the number one offense, but then you watch them and you go, how is this team like the number one offense? It, it's very, very weird. And like the whole league is kind of in a frenzy because, you know, the Warriors barely eked out a win against the Kings tonight. The Bucks didn't have Giannis and they got schlacked by the Hawks. Like it's hard to predict anything game, game in and game out because we have so few mini games, but some of the good trends we're seeing, I'm more inclined to believe are real. Like the Josh Green stuff, I think is more positive, and the Luca just looking healthier. Like, you know, I think it's kind of underrated, but Luca coming in healthier, and also it's just overall decision making has been way better than we've seen to start the season since I since the pre bubble season, honestly, and I think. That's really good because down the stretch, then I think as the role players start getting more comfortable, um, that's good. Okay, the Bucks did have Giannis. Well, there you go. I thought Giannis was not playing tonight, so that that goes to show how much I know. The Bucks got schlocked. I thought they didn't have Giannis. So like it, Giannis, it, Giannis got two offensive fouls pretty early on, and it kind of changed the way the game flow went. Yeah, see, it's like it's hard to yeah to see where teams and games are going, but I think. Overall, just a positive win. Nets, Nets are interesting. I don't know. I haven't much to say about them. But hopefully, you know, the Mavericks just figure things out and they, they stop making the same mistakes. And the weird thing is, like, they just keep making different mistakes. Oh, sure. And I don't know if that's worse. Like, I, No, I, it's better because I want to have something to build towards. If they're playing really well right now, I like the fact that they're playing really well and we're still looking and we still see a fair amount of things that they can figure out. For sure. And I think uh, it's weird because in some ways, like we've talked, I I don't, we've talked about it, but you know, defense definitely feeds into the offense and you're seeing like the defense has been very up and down. And I think we're seeing the defense get a little bit better. Um, And I think in some ways that's what affects our offense is we just get into these spurts where our defense looks pretty bad and so then it completely affects our offense but also there's just times where guys on the court are just they don't know completely look like they know what they're doing and I think those are things where they get fixed because personally I know like I like having young guys on the team but I think in some senses having guys who are experienced not only 
experience in terms of playing on this team, but just in different situations will help overall because the learning curve, I don't think is as great as a team that's really young. Um, but hopefully the magic game goes well and I had a good night. Sorry to keep you up late Kirk and everyone right. else, but have a good night, everyone. All right. Talk soon, man. All right. Yeah. Nobody, I, I would just close the room if I didn't want to talk to everybody. So we're, we're going to get to the, we have three people remaining. We're going to keep talking to everybody. Jacob, what's up? Hey, Kirk, what's going on? Oh, well, you know, just uh, making it through the evening. What's happening? Yeah, well, let me just say, as a, a University of Texas fan and a Mavs fan, if these games keep going like they're going, I might pick up a smoking habit here soon. Sure. Yeah, so, well, well where else should I start off other than, you know, being on Josh Green Island? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say that I think he should be definitely getting at least 25 minutes a night right now and maybe even starting over Reggie. And that's nothing against Reggie. I, I'm like you, I'll never give up on him. But, you know, I just think you make him earn those minutes back right now uh, with what Josh has been doing so far this year. Right. Like there's not there's not really a thing that Josh isn't doing well right now. Like he's staying in front of his man on defense. He's playing great team defense. He's shooting the ball extremely well. He's leads of the team in true shooting percentage and – that's not mentioning that he's, you know, the top three-point shooter in the league. Um, it's hilarious. Just like it's objectively yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and even if that is, you know, not that big of a sample size compared to the Stephs and the Lucas and the, you know, Clays and, you know, whoever else in the world. I mean, you know, I, I ain't complaining. That's all I'll say about that. Josh Green is still leading, and this is, I don't think this has been updated for tonight. He's leading the league right now at an 85% true shooting percentage, <laughs> which is only going to go up when you shoot five of five. So I I'm, I can't wait. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's, I think a lot of his game is actually confidence based, kind of like Maxi's is, man. Sure. Because, like, when he's, uh, when Luca um, dished it to him behind the back on that pick and roll, which, by the way, I think they've, we definitely might have found something with uh, Josh as the screener and with uh, Luca. Uh, he stepped into the three and like he, he like he just had that look that yeah that one's going in. I don't even need to look at it. So love that. Yeah, for sure. I loved it too. And you know, I just coming into the league, you know, he's just such an incredibly raw player, and you know that's been alluded to. He's only nineteen. Of course, his shot was rough, and I don't, I don't, with a player as raw as he was, I don't think that's something that you can necessarily microwave. Like, you definitely need to develop it, uh, kind of like Dorian, you know, kind of like we did with Dorian almost. So, to, you know, finally see us reap the benefits of him, you know, being able to shoot the ball, it's just fantastic. Like, I just, I'm really happy for the dude. And yeah, he just does everything well. Like, there's been a couple on a couple of different occasions in different games this year. I, you know, I just I feel like he's, you know, gotten us extra possessions like with an offensive rebound or whatever. And uh, his, his playmaking ability has gotten like like I don't know how to describe it, but I'll just throw out the uh, play where he like just whipped it through the defense and found Tim open uh, for the three. Felt big. That yeah. was a big, big – I felt kind of like a turning point when the game started to break open a little bit. Yeah, no, we were down by, like, what, 15 right there or something like that? 10 or 15? And he 
whipped it across the court to uh, Tim. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, hopefully he can keep it up. I wouldn't mind him. I wouldn't mind seeing him start right now. So, and I also want to bring up the game by Spencer. Uh, I don't really totally blame it all on him. Like, interested to get your take on this. I think I don't. I don't know if the NBA changed the offensive foul rules recently or not since he decided to say what he said about Tony Brothers, but <laughs> like it just felt like the refs kind of took him out of the game, and it just kind of feels political with Spencer right now. Uh, he does. So he's got a ridiculous wingspan and. There are just games when, and it's early in the season when refs want to call that stuff. Like there's a point of emphasis, and then the point of emphasis slowly goes away because there were a lot of offensive fouls. There have been a lot of offensive fouls in Mavericks games recently, and Spencer just he does a lot of off offhand stuff um, that I think can be get called either way. And tonight was just particularly rough. Yeah, no, uh, I still believe in Spencer. I just this is one of those games. Sure. Hard to complain about a guy that's been making half of his threes. I'm sure he'll regress to the means, but I mean, I've been mostly pleased with with what he's been able to do so far. So, and yeah, other than that, I, I, I'm still kind of puzzled by <laughs> Jay Kidd's minutes that he's been dishing out with Wood. It's, it's like you said earlier. You can't like it, like if defense is the problem. You, you some of these things take you know live action minutes to for him to figure it out. I guess that's not something that I'm pretty sure you can't really totally figure it out. Just go in half speed and practice. Like just give him, just let him see what he can do. I don't know. I think, and plus with the way he's been playing offense, most of the, for the lion's share of the season so far, I think you just kind of deal with it to be honest. Sure. Well, we got two games in a row against teams. I think they should be able to throttle. um, Even though the wizards will probably give them more of a fight than I'm thinking about. Um. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, also, Josh uh, Bo just sent me a message. He's apparently listen, listening to the show. Josh Green's updated true shooting percentage is now ninety two point one. So that's only ninety two point one. What a bum! I know. I know. Not a hundred. Well, thanks, Jacob. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. All right. Um, let's go to. Oh well, last two people dropped off. Sorry to uh, to make you wait that long. I you know try to get there, buddy, but. I also get better at hosting as the season goes along. It's 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 just like it's the way these things go. Um, all right, we'll be back. Let's see here. We have two games Wednesday, Thursday. We'll be back with post game shows. They're early games. I want to say they're like six thirty uh, Central start times, which means these will kick off earlier, which will be nicer for all of us. We won't have to stay up till one in the morning. Everybody, be good. Uh, you know, if, depending on uh, you know way things go for for you, just I would if I'm gonna stay off the internet tomorrow. It's election day in America. Everybody acts like an interesting person online. Um, have a great Tuesday. Go Mavs! Thanks so much for spending so much of your time with me. I really appreciate it.